It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves and Ashley Fresca on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. Thank you for sticking around. Hour two of the Lawn and Garden Show. Good Saturday morning to you. Ashley Frasca alongside Walter Reeves. Seven minutes after the hour, you're waking up to a chilly 42 degrees. Yeah, it wasn't exactly t-shirt weather and it wasn't exactly <laughs> heavy coat weather. It was sort of jacket weather. Yeah, I had a windbreaker on. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... But, I mean, compared to what we enjoyed last week, you really didn't get to get out and enjoy the warm temperatures much because it was so soggy and rainy. But it was really pleasant, so I think springtime is... On hold for a little while. We'll do yeah. this winter thing and get through that and then get back to spring. Now, a lot of folks, Walter, have shared with us on social media concerns that, you know, of course, all the daffodils are starting to sprout up now and things like that. So they're concerned that the first, you know, really good cold freeze that we get, everything's going to be nipped in the bud. So say it no, ain't so. it ain't so. It's not yes. going to happen. Don't worry about it. The daffodils are perfectly cold tolerant. T- tulips are perfectly cold tolerant. Nobody gets hurt. The leaves are above ground. That's no big deal. And if, if there's something you're worried about, like maybe a, a blooming shrub or something like that, like my tea olive is blooming right now. So that's one of those things, though, that regardless of the warm weather we've had, that's something that Walter would have told you. Make sure it's covered. If you're yeah. worried about those really below freezing temperature nights, cover it all the way to the ground, a sheet, maybe a piece of plastic, a cardboard box, something like that, and it should be okay. And You know, even with tea olive, though, it seems to have so many blooming buds, yeah, and they're blooming right now, and if you want to preserve all of them, sure, cover it, but it seems to have more and more dormant buds ready to bloom if it gets warm again, so maybe you don't need to color, cover tea olive, but only because... The only reason to cover it is you just want to make sure every one of your flower buds comes out. But yeah. you don't have to because it'll continue to open and bloom. I, I want all the fragrance I can get from right. that. I love having that shrub right by the front door. That's one of the, yeah. the coolest things you ever yeah. told me to do. Smell. Daphne, I haven't done yet. Mm-mm-mm. Daphne's opening up. Mm-hmm. By the way, I saw mine down the street. is opening up right now. A little pink buzz about halfway open. Be smelling up and. Neighborhood. Woo. What, someone in, in our neighborhood took down a uh, mimosa tree, which normally I would not have shed a tear over. And it was so close to the, the edge of their yard into the street. But yeah. for the first time in my life, about a year ago, when I was walking the dog past it, I smelled it when it was in full bloom, which, of course, it's early right now. But when it was in full bloom with the little spiky troll hair kind of <laughs> blossoms, that was the first time I'd really ever noticed the fragrance of a mimosa tree. And so I'm kind of mm. bummed to see it go. Well, yeah, but we have lost a lot. Losing one mimosa tree, no big. That's that's loss. what I thought. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty is the number to get you in on the lawn and garden show down to Henry County. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm doing okay. How's everybody doing this morning? Right, good. So, what's your question about asparagus? Um, yeah, I had a quick asparagus question and then a seed start question if I have time. Sure. I have a mature. Uh, purple asparagus beds, six or seven years old, and I was just wanting to know if it was too old to move to a new location or if I just needed to start over. You can rejuvenate it. By moving it, you'll rejuvenate the root system because you're going you're gonna to chop some of the roots off, obviously, as you move it around. But those chopped roots, and if you, when you dig it out of the ground, go ahead and wash all the dirt off the roots. And you can see some of them will be sort of barky, I guess the way to describe it. It just won't look young. Whereas there'll be others that are nice and white and firm, look like a carrot sort of on the skin. And the nice white ones are the ones you keep, and the old barky ones are the ones you can cut off. And if you do that, 
when you moved to the new place, new, young, great, vigorous roots would come out, and it would give you more purple asparagus than you ever had before. And now is a good time to do it? Now time's a great time to do it. Well, that's my favorite question. When is the best time to do it? When it's dormant or in the fall? Yeah, right now. Fine. Do I, do I need to treat it like a new new plant, like not, you know, not harvest anything for a year or two? Or yeah. can I just... Yeah, I know okay. asparagus, you, it's sort of heartbreaking. You plant asparagus, you have a couple of spears the first year, and five or ten the next year, and after that, you harvest pretty heavily. But, yeah, that first year, you probably ought to leave it alone, let the roots grow themselves, and not uh, not be stressed by you eating their, eating their uh, energy-producing part. All right. All right. The second question is, there's a lot of different kind of seed-starting things out there, peat pellets and rock wool chunks and peat moss cups and plastic containers. And I was just curious what your preference is and if you had any tips or tricks. Honestly, I've used a Jiffy cup so many times. I feel like it's second nature to use them. I have started plants in plastic containers I get from the grocery store. I started seeds, I mean, in plastic containers from the grocery store. But the Jiffy cups for me just work great. You put them in water for a few minutes, it swells up real nicely and pretty, and you put the seeds in the top and mash the soil around it, put it in a warm, light place, and the seeds pop out. And when the plant's grown about three or four inches tall, you can transplant it. I, I like Jiffy pots just fine. And that's pretty neat. So really, it's just based on preference. But the most important thing when starting seed is, A, to make sure you've got a viable seed that you've kept in a nice, cool, dry place, or else you're already starting at failure if it's maybe gotten some humidity or it's really old or something. But the soil conditions and the light is so, so important. So, Mike, thank you so much for the call. It is 713. We're going to check back in with the Traffic Center. And Mike Shields on this traffic red alert headed to Buckhead. This is a traffic red alert. From 95.5 WSB. 713 of the Corey Carrier WSB 24-hour traffic center. And unfortunately, no change on Georgia 400 northbound getting into Buckhead. All lanes remain shut down just north of I-85. You cannot get onto 400 northbound from I-85 north or southbound. Use Lenox Road, Piedmont Road, or Peachtree Road as alternates. Once again, all lanes remain shut down. Crash investigation. Georgia 400 northbound just north of I-85. Use Lenox Road, Piedmont Road. Road or Peachtree Road as alternates into Buckhead. I'm Mike Schultz, 95.5 WSB. Thank you so much for the update, Mike. Back to the phones we go. David in Lilburn. Good morning, David. Good morning. Um, I have two questions. I have a blueberry bush. Um, it's uh, about six feet tall. How far can I cut that down? And can I do it now? You can do it now, and you can cut it back pretty far. You want to be, has, is it one that you've pruned before? I, I've i only lived in the house a year and a half. I've not touched it other than taking the blueberries off of it. <laughs> okay, yeah, good for you. I'm glad you've got some. So, yeah, what you, what you want to do is you can tell the difference when you really just kind of start to stand back from it before you go full throttle into pruning it. But differentiate the old canes from the new canes because really the old canes are what you want to go ahead and cut back. They're going to be longer. They may droop. They may bend a little more. So those are the ones you're going to want to cut back and leave the new canes so that you're not disrupting any of the, you know, the growth for it or fruit producing capabilities of it. Okay. Um, and I have oak tree. Um, well, several of them, but this one particular one has a lot of moss on it underneath it um and i've been putting lime on it how much lime do i need to put on it and how do i 
get rid of it. Is it why? Why do you think the moss is bad? Well, it it's probably an area like twenty by twenty. Yeah, and then the rest of the yard is beautiful. It's just that one particular tree has a lot of moss under it. I don't think the moss is doing anything bad to the tree. The moss is telling me or telling you too that this is a place that's shady. You can't grass can't grow there. The trees are really heavily leafed on that side. And so it's got some moisture in the soil. The moss is just growing because that's where it can grow. It didn't hurt the tree at all. So putting okay. more lime on it may hurt the tree more than trying to just leave the moss alone. So I wouldn't put any more lime on it at all. Just leave the moss to do or cover with mulch if you want to do that. Okay. Is it, I notice a, a lot of fungus growing on my trees, you know, down towards the – in my woods. Now, yeah. Is that a bad thing? Now, when you that? say fungus, do you do you think maybe it's lichens, you know, kind of the bluish, silvery, shimmery kind of that? That's a lichen versus like a fungus. What does it look like? Well, um, it's like, I guess like a silver, um, grayish looking. So that may be a lichen, and that is not hurting the tree at all. Kind of like a little symbiotic relationship there with the lichen kind of hanging out on the tree, but it's not hurting it. So that's not a, a bad sign of any disease or anything like that. You can just okay. leave them alone, yeah. All right. Well, Very good. Thank you, and I, I'm glad to have you guys on the radio. Thank and you. we're going to definitely miss Walter. For sure. But keep listening. Saturday mornings, your routine will not change from 6 to 9. You'll still get to hear Walter on the new show. And I'm not ready to share the title of the new show. But well, it's, of course, still going, going to, to be... going to have a new title for the show, and yeah, we're not telling. We're not saying nothing. still going to be wait. helpful, educational. Even, I mean, Walter is extremely knowledgeable and, and teaches all of us so much, but... I'm more of the curious, I'm learning along with you guys, right, so it's right. going to be a little bit different process. But thank you so much, David. I really appreciate that. All right, coming up in the next little bit, we'll talk to Donna in Gainesville, Chris in Doraville. I think we have some bad news for Chris. Is there a cure for Rose Rosette? So we'll get to that. And Marilyn in Buford, topsoil washed away, so looking for a ground cover that'll last all year. We have the answers for that. And more on Lawn and Garden. You can join in 404 872 It's 717. It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news and traffic teams will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get to work on time and informed. Now back to Walter Reeves and his Lawn and Garden expertise on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. We got Ashley Frasca here, Walter Reeves there. We're co-hosting the Lawn and Garden <laughs> Show together for two more Saturday mornings. So welcome back. want to give you a quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, cold is back to stay, I'm afraid. Look out for a stray morning shower and then some light afternoon showers and into the evening. Highs in the mid-50s, low around 36. Tomorrow, sunny and breezy, but highs only reaching the mid-40s, lows around 27. So stay tuned for Kirk Mellish's complete weather update here in less than 10 minutes on 95.5 WSB. And Walter, at this time, we're going to give away the weekend prize pack. So first, we Do I wanna, have to think of a number between two and seven? It's a stressful job. Now oh. I'm tasking you with that. So I'm going to give you some time to mull it over. Thank but you. first, we'll give out the specific phone number that they have to call to even be eligible to get the prize pack. What is that? 
404-741-0750. That's the number if you want the chance to win a pair of tickets to two shows at Ameris Bank Amphitheater. First, you got Rod Stewart, which we just heard some Rod Stewart music. Special guest Cheap Trick, August 22nd. And Foreigner with special guest Kansas and featuring Europe on September 1st. Tickets to both shows are on sale now. Can't believe it. August and September. LiveNation.com. So, the sets of two tickets yep. for... Rod Stewart, two tickets for the Foreigner Show. Go to caller number four. That's a good number. 404-741-0750. That's one of the numbers I always picked. It was right between two and seven. Very easy to get. All right. So on hold, waiting patiently in Doraville, we say good morning to Chris. Hey, how are you? Peachy, good morning. Good morning. Listen, uh, Walter and I used to live on the fourth floor of Reed Hall, the side with the sun deck on it. Back a hundred years ago. My heavens, goodness, Lord. Before they put that big old thing up there, you know, where you can't yeah, see yeah, over. Yeah, we can't do anything. Reed Hall was anarchy, basically. <laughs> yeah, and we used to go down and sit on the tracks and watch the game from over the wow. over the on the railroad tracks. Yeah, yeah back Reed, in the olden days. Reed Street over there, right? Well, it's just Reed no. Hall. We lived on the top floor. Reed, Reed Hall. Hall. Yeah, but I think yeah, so Reed Street Lumpkin, was where the railroad Lumpkin tracks. and Lumpkin and College or something. Okay, okay. Oh, very nice memory. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, so Walter, I was trying to explain to the caller that I think I may have found a cure for Rose Rosette. You and have, that you're is, the only heard, one. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. I heard y'all talking one morning, and you said something about you couldn't figure out what was causing it, and somebody thought it might have been mites. Yeah. So I went out there, and I did the Walter thing. I read the label on some of my stuff out there in the shed. And on the rose and flowers, I was in sprayer from Bear. It said it was a miticide, mm-hmm. and so I sprayed. I had two 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 roses got infected, uh, knock out in the front, and I don't know an old one that was here when I bought the house. Yeah. And so I sprayed them. Well, first I cut down, cut off the bad parts. Then I sprayed them with the miticide, and then I used that bare tree and shrub drench got on it. them. Got it. And they sprouted back, and they don't have the rose rosette on them. Mm, you think they don't have the rose rosette on them because even though even though the Bayer product says controls mites, the particular mite that ca- carries rose rosette disease, rose rosette virus, is so small, so tiny, and so well hidden inside the rose rosette flower buds. So the rose flower buds have the mites inside them. The miticide does not work on them. They're too tiny to but get hit. These didn't have buds on them, of course. They were yeah, down to down bare in the, wood. In the juice All of right. the rose All right. I'm just you. saying, it worked, <laughs> it worked for me and that the leaves came back out and they actually had a few buds on them. So, uh, in a year, call back and tell Ashley what happens and she'll tell me. Yeah, I, I love it. And we will give Chris all the credit in the world. If sure, we're able to sure, find sure, a sure. cure for Rose Rosette, that'd be amazing. Thank you so much, Chris. And thanks for sharing the memory of y'all's days together in Athens, oh, the classic Reed city. Hall. I love it. Coming up on 728 here on 95.5 WSB, more of Lawn and Garden right after this. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves and Ashley Fresca on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And we're back on 95.5 WSB. Ashley Frasca, but Walter Reeves is here too. We yes, kind of switched, switched microphone positions here. 
for the next little bit. Just for the fun of it, just, just to see what happens. So Walter is still here gardening advice from the Georgia Gardener, from the expert. When you call 404-872-0750, a lot of good calls coming up, Walter. So let's get right to it. Hey. Marilyn in Buford. Good morning, Marilyn. Good morning. Hey, great question about topsoil. What's going on? Well, we've been in this house about 20 years, and, and over the years, one section of the yard has lost so much topsoil, nothing mm. will grow there. Yeah. So I've been researching ground covers that will grow on concrete almost. <laughs> is, there, is there something that you can suggest? I, because putting new topsoil down is really not an option because of the lay of the land. I would have to change the whole yard. Is there anything that you can suggest that would grow year-round, or maybe not grow, but say green year-round um, as a ground cover that I can put? It's partially shade, uh-huh. mostly shade, I would say. That's really it. You got monkey grass. Monkey grass would grow in partial shade. It would be fine. So leary oak, monkey grass, same, same thing. Uh, mondo I grass. Started, I started some miniature mondo grass. So I was thinking that if I had thousands of little shoots to put down, that might be a good option. Yeah, the so miniature doesn't spread very fast. So regular, what I call regular mondo grass, you see in people's yards, sort of a weed sometimes. But regular mondo grass, you can do, do exactly that, divide it easily. Say so what? How tall does the regular mondo regular grass get? about seven, eight inches tall, maybe eight is about right. But you mow mine, I mow it twice a year, maybe keep it down around four or five. So you can mow it then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, you okay. got mondo grass, monkey grass. A yeah. ground cover that you might consider is uh, Asiatic jasmine. It won't be quite as full and leafy as it would in full sun, but depending on how much sun you have and sort of the condition of the soil. Asiatic jasmine is not a bad one, and I've recommended it to people before and been very pleased with <clears throat> how well it's done for oh. them. Okay. And what about Again, something? What with, about any? Go ahead. Well, I was going to suggest something with a little color, and I know does well in my yard and in partial shade, ajuga. I mean, it doesn't yeah, spread very sure, fast, but ajuga is really nice. Yeah. It's got some green yeah. and, like, purple hues to it, so that, that, that may take a little bit longer, though, depending on the area you're, you're talking about. Well, is there any kind of, I, I saw something about some kind of a miniature clover, mm-hmm. something doesn't, like doesn't, that. Doesn't work worth a darn. Sad to oh, say, <laughs> good idea, but doesn't work worth a darn. It gets hot, dies, okay. end of story. Okay. All right. Well, I wrote these down, and I will try that. Thank you very much. Thanks, Marilyn. Have a great morning. When I was answering phones for you, Walter, yeah. not too long ago, I would always tell folks that when they were asking for your recommendations, I, you know, if they were driving, I was like, you got to have a pen and paper ready because mm-hmm. Walter is going to rattle off at least three or four things for you. So Marilyn was smart. Taking that right to Pike Nursery. Yep. And away she goes. 404-872-0750. Next, Paul and Conyers out in Rockdale County. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, everyone. How you doing? Great. What's right. going on? Um, I have two crepe myrtles in my backyard, and I went out there and noticed the other day the leaves have turned almost black as if somebody went out there with, a, I guess, a blowtorch and burnt them. Hmm. Now, they shouldn't have any leaves on them now normally, but some crepe myrtles are holding their leaves brown right now because of the cold weather we had back oh, six, eight weeks ago now. Yeah, that's, that is correct. That that is, They are brown, and they're still holding on. Yeah, they yeah. shouldn't be doing that, but they are this year because we had cold weather so unexpectedly that it it stopped the process of leaf drop, and that's what happened. It got so cold so quick overnight 
that stop the process of trees and crepe myrtles normally use to drop their leaves. And so the leaves just stayed on them. So I don't know if this is the case, Walter. I don't know if seasonally it's the right time that you would see aphids. But my first thought was sooty mold because that's that something that does appear black on the leaves. Yeah, but, but you'd I'm, see that in late summer, fall, but okay. you wouldn't see it during the cold season at all. So what would what would cause the leaves to appear charred? Well, I think he said brown. Didn't you say brown maybe instead yes. of black? Yeah. Yes, brown. The bark on it is black, and I do those little white dots on it. Yeah, you could have aphids too. So actually, we're right. We're right in both directions. So one of the things you do for aphids is in the, well, it could be in the spring or midsummer, use one of the systemic drenches. Uh, Bayer makes one, BioAdvance makes one. In other words, called tree and shrub. BioAdvance tree and shrub is systemic that controls aphids nicely on crepe myrtles. And okay. uh, once you put it on, the aphids all die and you don't have the black stuff that's sooty mold on the trunk anymore. Okay, now I, I need to wait until at least spring to, before I treat it with that. Day, yeah, right. You drench the ground. Okay. The director say mix it up with a bunch of water and drench it on the ground around the roots. All right, good enough. Thank you. Thanks for calling, Paul. Have a great morning. You too. All right, it is time to check that ever-present traffic red alert on Georgia 400. We go to Mike Shields in the Traffic Center with the latest. This is a traffic red alert from 95.5 WSB. Yeah, 741 in the Coolray Carrier WSB 24-hour traffic center. And unfortunately, no change getting into Buckhead on Georgia 400 northbound north of I-85. All lanes remain shut down with a crash investigation. You cannot get onto Georgia 400 northbound from I-85 north or southbound. Now, if you're getting into Buckhead, use Lenox Road, Piedmont Road, or Peachtree Road as alternates. We'll have more minutes on 95.5 WSB. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate the updates all morning long. This is where you're going to get Atlanta's best traffic coverage if you're out and about early on a Saturday morning. You can always download the Triple Team Traffic Alerts app as well. That'll warn you of trouble ahead on your ride to and from. All right, up next we go to Bill. And Bill, are you still circling 285? No, I'm actually at my location and uh, about to start work. You made it off the perimeter highway. Love it. Well, I'm glad we got to you in time before work. What's going on with the, your moss? Uh, my situation is my moss is lovely, and I want to promote the growth. Yeah. Good. Uh, I've got a few things coming up, sprigging up in it. And my brother told me that moss has no roots, so therefore you can spray Roundup on it. True uh, or false? <laughs> false? False. False. And I do I know that because I have tried it in my neighbor's yard. If you're real careful, now I'll take this back sort of, if you're real careful and spray just on the weed itself, the moss around it seems to yellow a little bit. So it's sensitive to Roundup. Yes, it is. But it doesn't okay. totally die like you would if you had the a weed in your lawn and it's just a big yellow dead spot, you know, within a couple of weeks. So very carefully spray a little mist of uh, Roundup on the weeds that you have there. And generally speaking, you won't have much damage done to the moss. All right. Next question on that moss. My moss is in an area where it's over the years has eroded and needs to be brought up two or three inches. Okay. Can I, do I need to take a flat shovel, take up the moss, yes, put exactly. go back in there and then put the moss? Um, here's the question. Do I try to get some good topsoil, or is that moss going to do better on good old Georgia red clay? Bad topsoil. Get some bad, (laughs) good old Georgia red clay. Moss-growing clay, we call it. Yeah, moss grows best on hard, compacted soil where the moisture can stay pretty high in the soil. And the little rootlets that moss does have can reach down into it, don't have to go very far. And so the harder the clay is, the better the moss will like it. 
that's what I thought because you always see it growing in those areas. Yeah, right. And the, and the last question is, I have a difficult time on the line of demarcation of where grass will grow and the moss won't, and where moss will grow and the grass won't. Yeah. What do you do there? I think you just have to you sort of make that a, never never land. Yeah, you have to make that visual determination of does the moss seem to be succeeding in this area and the Grass seems to be retreating because of this, usually because of sunshine, light levels. So you basically sort of round off the moss area and let the grass grow on the other side of that, I guess. Yeah, that line of demarcation. Right. I mean, use some landscaping bricks or railroad yeah, ties or something idea. like sure. that. Or, I mean, if, if the area is shaded by a lot of limbs or something, maybe you could limb up whatever tree is in the area to make grass a little yeah. more, you know, promote the grass a little more. And when you fertilize it, would you use a liquid fertilizer so you won't have granules that stay there and burn spots? Right. I would use liquid fertilizer, about half strength of liquid fertilizer. Moss, as you've probably figured out, doesn't need a lot of fertilizer. It'll grow a little bit better, but not with full strength fertilizer. So a quarter to half strength miracle grow would be fine. Love it. Thank you so much, Bill, for the call. You have a great morning. I think if we have time for Carol and Marietta, we can get her in here. Good morning, Carol. Hey, good morning. Um, I have a question about a hydrangea that I got for uh, Christmas this year. Of course, all the leaves in the flowers have um, shriveled down, and uh, but I'm uh, I'm worried I might have killed it. I don't, I don't know. I mean, the the dirt is just soggy, and I mm. forgot to take it out of the you know take that foil off the outside. Yeah. So, um, if it survives. <laughs> When do I put it outside, and what area? The, the label doesn't give any sort of, you know, biological, you know, botany name. But anyway, it just says hydrangea, so well, first, I don't know. But First, I want to make sure if it's like a florist hydrangea, which eventually those can, you know, be made to go outside, or if it's truly like a large potted hydrangea, you know, for, for an outdoor landscape. Can you tell? It's it's a pretty small pot, so but it does it did come with a label that said you know you could plant it outside mm-hmm. yeah. um, in sun or shade. So I didn't know which sun or will it do well in either or. I think it's a florist hydrangea. Answer Ashley's question. I think it's a florist hydrangea because the normal big outdoor hydrangeas are going to come in two and three gallon pots. That's probably not what you have. You have a one gallon or smaller. As soon as she said foil was around the pot, yeah, right. But so absolutely, you can prepare that inside, you know, and keep it inside and make sure to keep it watered regularly. Very consistent watering before you think about putting it out in the spring. Yeah, but you know, I think what you should do is pull it out of the pot completely and wash all the existing soil off the roots and just see what the root system looks like. If it's real smelly and icky looking, it probably is not going to survive outdoors any better. But if okay. the roots, some of the roots look nice, then pull the bad ones off, repot it in fresh potting soil. Don't overwater it, as Ashley said. Be careful on your watering. Do it regularly, but only when the soil gets dry. And then when it's warm in, what, April? Then you can put it outside in April. In April. Yeah. Okay, when it's dry. Yeah. Okay. Dry and, and not cold again. Yeah, right. All right. And so in, you're saying in the sun would be best? or I think shade, partial yeah, shade partial seems shade. to do better. Mm-hmm. On the forest hydrangeas, I think partial shade meaning sun up till, I don't know, noon, 11 o'clock noon, and then some shade after that. Okay. All right. I think I have a good spot for it then. Great. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks, Carol. Have a great morning. 404-872-0750, the number to reach Walter Reeves. I'm Ashley Frasca, co-hosting Lawn and Garden Show for one and a half more shows.
That's it. One and a half more shows. So now a check of traffic, weather, and news. We'll be back right after this. Scott Slade here on your WSB Weekend. Enjoy Walter Reeves Lawn and Garden and Dave Baker's Home Fix-It this morning on 95.5 WSB. The WSB News Team, meteorologist Kirk Mellish and I will be here Monday morning with Atlanta's Morning News. Here's Walter. Walter Reeves and Ashley Frasca here with the January 18th edition of the Lawn and Garden Show. That's what Dave Baker always says on the Home Fix-It Show. And you know what happened three days ago? What happened? Your 26th anniversary. Oh, I forgot to mention that. You're right. Of the Lawn and Garden program on WSB. You 26 right. years in three wow. days. Wow. So that's Just huge. completely. I put it on social media. Where were you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, congratulate Walter on 26 years and three days for the Lawn and Garden Show on WSB. Coming up later today, you know, we've got the Home Fix-It Show and that Dave Baker guy I mentioned. Nine to noon, one to three is Belinda Skelton's Atlanta Living, three to five Monica Perez. we got a UGA basketball game tonight. Yeah. That gets underway at 8.05 and 8.30 tip. The Bulldogs versus the Bulldogs. They have State. been better this year than they have in other years, too. How about that? Exciting. Yeah, and the Tennessee, they uh, played Tennessee there in Stegman Coliseum and brought a lot of... Uh, Former athletes yeah, right. back to the game, so that was pretty neat. 404-872-0750 is the number for Lawn and Garden. We won't talk Georgia sports too much. Judy, up in Jefferson, good morning. Good morning. How First can- of all, I want to say thank you so much for your show, Mr. Walter. I have enjoyed it for many, many years. Well, thank you, Judy. And looking forward to seeing what Ashley's going to do. She'll do great. Thank you. Yeah, I think she will. I have hanging pansy. Uh, in baskets. One of them looks really soggy, the blooms. Do I need to deadhead those? Regardless of, you know, if it looks soggy or not, I would always stay on top of deadheading the pansies for sure. That's just going to keep them really happy. And with all the rain, I'm sure they are just extremely soggy, but you've you've made sure you've got drainage in those hanging baskets, right? Yes. They've either got the plate on the bottom or just the straight up holes at the bottom. So, yeah, if you can kind of, you know, if there's showers today, if you can just kind of make sure they they dry out a little bit, the deadheading is always a good idea. Yeah, just go back all the way to the base of the stem, pinch it off with your fingernails, and you should be good. Okay, great. And um, is Walter going to still be making personal appearances? I might be here and there and around and about, sure. Absolutely. You will hear his voice. (laughs) If I have anything to do with it, you will hear his voice every (laughs) week. I want to maintain like a weekly segment where it's Walter's wisdom or Walter's wondering. So, I mean, he's going to kind of keep all of us abreast of garden information or garden, you know, diseases and things that become prevalent that... I don't know if all of you realize as many years as all of us have been listening to Walter, the amount of emails and observations he gets from listeners and gardeners all across the state from North Florida, from South Georgia. So he's able to really have like a overhead view and getting the knowledge of like if there's a Leland Cypress disease that just seems to be, you know, more and more people are asking about that at this time or something like that. We're, we're in our little microcosm and we don't realize it unless we're talking to our neighbors. So I love that, that Walter can really be in tune with maybe something that's I'm trying to think like patterns, yeah. things like patterns, that, you yeah, know, patterns. so that's definitely uh, that and more is what Walter will bring to the new show. So definitely. Thank you for giving me a chance, Judy, and sticking around and continuing to listen to the show that will remain every Saturday from 6 to 9 a.m. right here on WSB. So coming up, we'll talk to June about her amaryllis. Scott is wondering why his lore pedlums, his Chinese fringe, is not blooming. So we've got help for them and for you. 404-872-0750. We'll be back on Lawn and Garden right after this.